You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's special roundtable on the state of supply chain education. The global disruption caused by COVID-19 brought into sharp focus the importance of a reliable supply chain, which in turn shed light on the growing need to advance the reach of supply chain education in colleges and university programs. How has the pandemic shaped and in some cases reshaped some of those programs? Professor Hightow Lee of the University of Missouri-St. Louis, Professor Scott Graw of Iowa State, and Professor Joel Sutherland of the University of San Diego join the show to take you to school on supply chain management. Joining me this morning for a special EDU roundtable podcast on the state of supply chain education, Professor Hightow Lee, Professor and Chair of Supply Chain and Analytics Department for the University of Missouri-St. Louis, Professor Scott Graw, Chair of the Department of Supply Chain Management for Iowa State, and Professor Joel Sutherland, Managing Director and Professor of Practice, Supply Chain Management Institute for the University of San Diego School of Business. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining the Inbound Logistics Podcast this morning. My pleasure. Thanks for having us. Good to be with you. It's great to have each of you. Looking forward to this discussion. Uh, First of all, I hope, given the surreal nature of this year, I hope you're all safe and sound. Uh, But with that in mind, uh, Professor Hightow Lee, if I could get you to kick off uh, introducing yourself to our audience, giving us a little bit about your current position uh, with your school and uh, some of the work that you're doing to further supply chain education. Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Haitao Lee. I'm professor and chair of the supply chain and analytics department at University of Missouri, St. Louis. Uh, I, I've been with uh, AMSO for over 12 years. Uh, my research uh, interests focus on optimization modeling, uh, algorithm design uh, with applications in manufacturing service and agriculture, among others. Uh, I teach both undergraduate and graduate courses in supply chain management and business analytics and supply chain modeling. I, I want to share with you some recent new program de- uh, we developed at um, AMSO, uh, the, the new Master of Science in Supply Chain Analytics program, which, which was just launched this spring 2021. Excellent. Very cool. Professor Scott Graw, if you could take it from here, please. Sure. Uh, My name is Scott Graw. I am the chair of the Department of Supply Chain Management at Iowa State University. I've been here for a little over 10 years now. And uh, prior to that, I I worked in in supply chain management, managing supply chain operations for a while. Uh, My research uh, interest mainly focuses on the relationship between shippers and their third-party logistics partners. And in doing so, I also look at logistics innovation, supply chain innovation, and retail logistics, because that's where my, uh, a lot of my work experience comes from. We, we've got a, a very large undergraduate uh, supply chain program here at Iowa State University. Uh, we do also offer a graduate certificate in supply chain management uh, aimed at the working professional, and that can be done all online. Uh, you know, we are certainly... Uh, excited to talk about uh, in supply chain education and and uh, how things have, have evolved over time. Excellent. And last but not least, Professor Joel Sutherland, if you could, please. All right. Thank you again. Uh, yeah, my name is Joel Sutherland. I'm the managing director for the Supply Chain Management Institute. It's a center of excellence at the University of San Diego. And it really the intent is to collect, uh, really connect industry with students and faculty to provide more real world experiences. Uh, and also to support the, the hiring of our students, uh, provide internships and so forth. So I'm also a professor of practice. So I teach uh, supply chain courses primarily in the logistics area because that's my industry background. Prior to joining, joining academia 15 years ago now, um, first at Lehigh for five years and for the past 10 years at USD, I was a logistics and supply chain professional uh, for a number of different companies and number of number of different industries uh, in the automotive industry, food industry, uh, f- pharmaceutical, uh, third-party logistics. So I have a, uh, an extensive 30-year industry background as well. Excellent. Thank you so much. Again, it's great to have you all here. Uh, now, as I mentioned at the top of the show, it's been a surreal year, but uh, if uh, there was a silver lining to come out of uh, this craziness, the widespread acceptance of the importance of supply chain careers uh, is certainly one that we can look to. I'll, I'll start with uh, Professor Lee. 
have there been increased levels of interest in those particular careers and in what way or ways has that interest differed? Definitely. Uh, my, my observation and experience suggests the answer is yes. Um, this is a very unprecedented year for, for everybody. And uh, the, the good news for supply chain educator and professionals was uh, that uh, people uh, in general got to know, uh, got to see the vivid picture, living story uh, about the importance of supply chain and logistics. And so uh, talking about the difference with the prior interest uh, at AMSO, we observed significant increase in enrollment uh, for our master program, including uh, our MBA with supply chain emphasis, as well as the new newly launched Master of Science in Supply Chain Analytics program. Another observation I had was uh, the breadth of the uh, interest uh, really spans beyond the traditional uh, manufacturing sector, I, I would say. So there are there are more interest um, inquiries from other sectors, for example, healthcare, uh, agriculture. So um, so nevertheless, it's it's some uh, good news for for supply chain educators and professionals. Professor Grau, what's your take on that? I would agree wholeheartedly. Uh, one of the the nicest things about this pandemic has been the fact that I don't have to explain what supply chain is anymore to prospective students and families when they're sitting virtually across the table from me. Uh, they know what supply chain is. They may ask, hey, what do you offer in supply chain? But the fact that people are using the term, we used to call supply chain management a discovery major because it's one of those majors that you don't really know anything about until you get into the college business and you start taking some of those required courses and you hear the term supply chain uh, for the first time. And then you have to take that supply chain course. You learn a little, little bit more about it. Maybe you've taken it later on in your uh, educational career. Uh, but by that time, it's, it's too late to change your major into supply chain. Now people are coming in much earlier on looking for those supply chain courses. So uh, that's been really encouraging. The other thing that, that we've seen is some of the non-supply chain majors are adding some supply chain electives to round out their education. They, they see what's happening. They recognize the importance. And, you know, we can't offer enough seats in our international logistics or our global trade classes uh, because people really want to know what's what's going on and, and how can I better help my company when I graduate uh, deal with these issues. So uh, it certainly has been a nice silver lining for us in supply chain education. Right. And Professor Sutherland, what about you, sir? Well, you know, for somebody that that received a, or earned an undergraduate degree in logistics management from the University of Southern California. I hate to say it, but around 45 years ago, uh, it was always a struggle even to explain logistics management. Uh, people used to say, oh, ling linguistics, right? That's a study of language. And I said, no, no, it's, <laughs> it's logistics. And then, you know, in the eighties, we evolved into this thing called supply chain management, which became much more complex and more difficult to understand. And, and to explain to people. But we've seen a, uh, a dramatic increase in the usage of the term supply chains without really, I, I bet you that the, the folks on TV, the radios, they have no idea. They just know that it's big, it's global, and it has to do with getting supplies from, from source into, you know, with COVID into the, uh, the, the vaccination into the, the people's arms. But the, the shift I've seen recently is more from a a push where we had to push out, you know, please hire our students, they're talented in these areas to more of a pull where we're finding industry is coming to us and saying, we need supply chain talent. And there's been a statistic, I don't know if it's actual or not, but I would say that it's not far off. And that is that there is a, uh, a demand for supply chain talent that's about six times greater than the supply. So we have seen a dramatic increase of uh, demand for our supply chain talent. Now we've had a program at USD in supply chain for 35 years. So when you say that the, the term supply chain was really created by Booz Allen the first time in the early, early 80s, well, we've had a supply chain program since then, but only until recently have we seen people value it, recognize it, and demand 
our supply chain talent, which has even evolved into the industrial engineering program. Yeah. Uh, now I want to touch on that talent uh, a little bit later, but before we get there, Professor Grohl, I'll have you take this one. Um, many forward-looking enterprises have always kind of understood the benefit of, of supporting logistics and supply chain education. Can you expand then on some of the ways that companies support those education initiatives today and what the ROI expectation uh, might be for that? Yeah, well, um, one of the things that we've got, and I know a lot of other schools have something similar, which we have a supply chain forum, which is where companies are formally a part of, of our program uh, here at Iowa State. And one of the main reasons that they engage with us is that access to talent. And we do that by offering live cases to students. So, you know, we've got a, a class that we offer to our students where we actually trace the supply chain. We, and we go backwards from uh, here in the, the US, we take a retail store and we go backwards through distribution centers. We visit ports, we go overseas, we turn into a study broad trip and we let students see everything along the way. And the benefit to the companies and the reason companies are lining up to, to do this type of a, a class is because it gives them an opportunity to uh, see how the students engage with their supply chain operations. And it gives them a great opportunity to uh, see the students, see the, the solutions that they come up with and you know, informally evaluate them uh, for hiring purposes. Uh, so these, these live case experiences uh, really help them to see our students, see our students in action, see what it is that they know, what skills they have. The other thing that it does uh, for these companies, companies that do engage in supply chain programs like this really do wonders for their brand awareness because then we start talking about them on campus. We talk about them in, their, in our classes. The students hear about these things and they wanna be part of those organizations. And now you've got these companies who may have struggled in the past to hire high quality supply chain talent at the undergraduate level. They've got students lined up outside the door knocking, wanting to, to get their foot in the door with that company because they've heard all the great things and opportunities that they have within those organizations. Yeah, Professor Sutherland, how about your take on that? Well, Professor Grodger said everything I was going to say, so that's not fair. <laughs> but, you know, what I'd say is I, I want to reinforce what Professor Grodger had to say, because what I've seen is a lot more universities developing or starting a supply chain program and a lot more universities saying, how do we start a supply chain center of excellence or forum or have conferences or bring industry on campus? Because the importance of this is to, to connect or bridge the gap between academia and the student talent that we have, but also for faculty that can engage in projects, oversee projects with students uh, for industry projects, support the research. But I thought it was an interesting question about ROI. I've been asked that question for as long as I've either been on advisory boards at universities uh, and now for the past 15 years running advisory boards. And I say that there's not a clear ROI, but I, if, if you just consider the challenges you have in finding the best talent in industry to bring on board for your company, you have early access to students early access to maybe providing internships. So if you think of just the cost of, of hiring the best talent, it far exceeds if you're charging five or 10 or $20,000. Uh, just getting that best talent is the real differentiator or the real return on investment for a company. Good point. Uh, Professor Lee, what about you? Completely agree with Professor Sutherland and Professor Grohl. Uh, I want to share with uh, our experience at UMSOL. We had a very uh, active and uh, close work working relationship with our uh, department's advisory board. The board consists of 17 senior executives of local companies, including those uh, bigger companies, uh, uh, as well as some medium-sized companies and non-for-profit organizations. We work very closely. Um, uh, we work, um, the board members work with faculty through subcommittee. For example, we had our strategy committee uh, to start with and the curriculum committee really plays a very important role to um, help us uh, maintain 
to make sure our curriculum and program are up to date. Uh, up to date. And they also engage and support a number of student engagement activities. Um, so some, some of those are, are mentioned by uh, two speakers earlier, uh, but I wanna really highlight our student uh, men mentorship program where we pair uh, our board members individually with our top talented students. We have a systematic speaker program where we match um, the industry leaders, experts with uh, different classes and contents and uh, bring, bring their knowledge and expertise to our classroom. And certainly the internship career opportunities provided by these companies. And um, we recently also have been successful on uh, the company sponsored research projects, uh, which provides support for our both our faculty and PhD students. So the engagement has been very uh, valuable. Uh, it's a win-win. Now, in terms of ROI, I, I think <laughs> I, I agree with Dr. Sutherland. It, it, it can be challenging because some of the value um, that the company got through such collaboration is can be intangible, you know, or it's hard to measure in the short run. But you know, their their investment in terms of uh, the annual contribution fee, as well as their time and effort, is valuable to um, from their perspective as well. Okay. Now you've you've all uh, talked about talent and recruiting uh, efforts. Uh, Professor Sutherland, I want to get back to that talent gap issue that you, you mentioned earlier, because uh, Inbound Logistics has a, a very large and diverse audience, and they have identified uh, one challenge in common, and that is that talent gap. So how can a solid commitment to uh, supply chain education help retain uh, and recruit uh, valued team members? Well, I think that, I mean, one of the things that we, we have is we, we just concluded our uh, career fair. So it was our 35th annual supply chain management dedicated for supply chain management talent career fair. And that was very successful, even though it was virtual. But one of the things we do that's important is that every three years or so, we can uh, conduct an industry survey. And it's a very, very simple question. We ask industry, what are the skills and attributes, hard and soft skills that are required in supply chain talent? And the interesting thing is every three years or so, there is a significant, well, I would say uh, a meaningful change in the kinds of skills and attributes. The soft skills are still important uh, in terms of being able to collaborate, being able to, you know, project management skills. But what's, what's really happened in the last few years is data analytics and, you know, all of the things that we, we, categorize. Um, I think the, uh, the Germans started, started this with industry 4.0, but there is a, a revolution in terms of the technology applications that we have today. So we work with our industry partners, um, our advisory board, to understand what those skill gaps are in the changing needs, and we adjust curriculum. I know that for most universities, changing curriculum is like moving a mountain. It, is, it takes time, it's difficult, uh, but we have so much industry support to do this that curriculum changes in supply chain management are becoming easier and are happening more rapidly than, let's say, in other programs. Okay, Professor Graw, how about you, sir? This is a, a great question. And you know, when we talk about the, the, the talent gap, um, you know, a commitment to education, you, know, you can look at a couple different ways. You know, one, being uh, the, the education of your, your entry-level students or, or first-level employees as you're recruiting them from uh, college campuses, one of the things it does do is it allows you to have some influence on that curriculum, you know, it's, as Professor Sullivan was talking about, uh, because most universities are, are open to hearing what are the skills, what are the attributes that you're looking for, and how can we make sure that we're producing uh, the, the students and uh, the individuals that, that really are going to help you lead your company. But the other thing that it does, a commitment to, to education, a commitment to supply chain to education goes beyond that. And I think it's important to have that uh, continued commitment to education. So you've made your hire, they're five years into their position. Do you continue to allow them opportunities to retool their education. And, and yes, that can happen by uh, continuing to engage in, in conferences and, and seminars and so forth. But 
a, a partnership with the university, one of the things that we find is that, you know, companies may come to us and find that, you know, maybe they do want to bring their, you know, their logistics team or their supply chain team up to speed on supply chain analytics. What's going on? What's the latest and greatest in supply chain analytics right now? And we can design some custom education. And I think most schools out there will do the same thing, uh, send some faculty uh, on site to a location. And the thing that is really important for these companies to understand is that when you make a commitment to those individuals that you're gonna help them continue to develop new tools and new resources and continue to learn, uh, the employees will see that. And they'll see that, they, uh, that the company has a desire to continue to keep them on top of their game and continue to keep them uh, strong when it comes to supply chain knowledge and expertise. And that's gonna help you retain the people that you need, especially the talented people that you need in order to keep that talent gap as, as close as you possibly can. Right. And, uh, Professor Lee, how about you? Sure. Yeah. From the company perspective, I, I want to emphasize the importance of career path. So it's, it's uh, very valuable, uh, very important for companies, organizations to, to do um, continued education and, and uh, proactively to retain their top talented, capable uh, employees. So these can be done in, in, in a variety of ways. For example, uh, I know some companies, they subsidize their employees to go through a degree program in supply chain. Uh, that, that's great. But nowadays, growth in, uh, for those shorter and uh, more flexible and nimble certificate, uh, programs. Uh, so some of these certificate can be structured, you know, on the particular skill sets or domain aspect, but but they they can be tailored to meet uh, particular needs of a particular company or industry. And uh, what we what we done uh, at AMSO is also uh, working with our board companies and other and beyond on workshops and training sessions. Uh, there are s certainly lots of need on, on that. And, and for our students, uh, we, in addition to career fair, fair we, uh, we had events, um, very creative events, what we call uh, sp speed networking. So which, you know, we um, pair, uh, again, individual students quickly with uh, industry expertise to help them understand what their company does and, and how attractive uh, that profession is. It's like a speed dating for the supply chain. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Excellent. Now, Professor Graw, you touched on this a little bit, so I'm going to direct this question to you because you talked about supporting that commitment to uh, development. Um, now, while some companies do value that education, they may be stressed to the point where they can't continue to focus on it. Uh, so what encouragement then would you give to companies to to restart or renew their commitment to these development efforts my my number one piece of advice would be to to you know start small um you know it, it's making the, the small investments it's uh listening to your you know supply chain leaders uh and, and even the frontline uh employees in the supply chain to figure out what tools do they want to continue to develop and, and what do they need and find ways to to meet those specific needs and in some cases, it's, it's not going to require that they go out and get a full-on master's degree or an MBA, which it can be a very big investment. And in a lot of cases, you know, those investments are, are a combination between the company and the individual because it really does help to, to enhance the individual. Um, but I, it can be done through, through some of these conferences uh, making sure that you're supporting your employees when they're going to these conferences, that you're helping them figure out where they can go uh, to get the right information, get plugged in with the right industry groups. Uh, but that custom education, it could be, we've done a we've done uh, custom education where we come in and just do a half day or a couple hours with a senior leadership team or with a, a mid-level management team or even with an entry-level uh, management team we recognize that not everybody has the opportunity to hire a slew of supply chain majors and graduates uh, right out of the gate. And so you may have uh, employees that have a very diverse, uh, have very diverse backgrounds and you wanna give them that supply chain 101 so that everybody's kind of got that, that basic foundation understanding of what supply chain is. You know, that's something that you can do just 
bring somebody on campus, uh, not not to you know the university campus to your corporate campus and teach them some of these basic things. But it doesn't have to be this grand plan in terms of how we're going to support education. It can be a very small step in that direction. Ganatha, Professor Lee, how about you? Sure. Yeah, I want to uh, mention the points uh, that challenges often mean opportunities. <laughs> It's been a very tough year, you know, for many industries and companies. We've seen that happening uh, here in St. Louis too. Uh, but one one advice for company uh, le- leadership is really uh, to to realize, um, you know, when when many of these uh, challenges for uh, like like the pandemic uh, brought to us uh, is happening, uh, when companies th- these are oftentimes uh, the for the companies to make even better, more prudent decisions in terms of their uh, supply chain operations. So, so this can mean opportunities. Uh, we've seen uh, a pharmaceutical company, for example, uh, who has been doing very well proactively during the past year to cope with potential shortages of you know, generic drugs. And they, they really haven't seen much uh, disruption. So, um, and, and another, another thought I have is um, to, to think about short-term uh, return versus long-term. You know, the pandemic or challenges cannot exist forever. So uh, any, any small investment, continuing investment in, in, in the collaboration and, and education of employees will, will have significant potential value in the long run. Professor Sutherland, your, your take, sir? Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I've seen that. I've seen, you know, at least the the companies that I work with uh, that we that recruit from from our university. Uh, I think that they're they're finding that there is there is an increased value in supply chain talent, and they're they're actually putting more effort into this. Yeah, you know, they're they're stressed. But I think that supply chain is the go-to source now. They're saying we've got problems to solve, we've got um, we've got challenges, uh, and who can solve this problem? So it's the supply chain talent that, that can do this. So we're really seeing that companies are hiring more. They're providing more uh, more education, uh, continuing education. We do a number of on-site educational programs for industry. Uh, for companies in Southern California that are tailored to meet those companies' needs, so we're not seeing that they're they're stressed out in in in, in applying less effort in the area of supply chain. Conversely, they're applying more resources because they feel that the supply chain talent is that pool of talent that can really solve the ongoing problems that they're that they're having. All right, fair enough. So uh, let me direct this next question then to you, Professor Sutherland. Uh, with all of that talent in place, uh, what role then does uh, supply chain management education today play in future supply chain innovation and uh, enterprise transformation? Well, it's always an interesting question when people when people say supply chain innovation, because there's when I do my uh, research in supply chain innovation, it's different than product innovation. So it's more about processes. So we think about major breakthroughs in supply chain innovation, we can think of Malcolm McLean creating Sealand for ocean containerized freight back in the 50s, or we can think of Fred Smith creating FedEx to get next day delivery and and information uh, combined with that. But in supply chain innovation, it's almost always incremental. So these are small steps, uh, even borrowing from my Toyota days are small steps that end up resulting in in uh, big changes over time. So I think that uh, the areas that are so important to industry, if we categorize just two areas, that if we say, if, if industry is looking for talent, what do they want in that talent that's gonna be more innovative? Well, first of all, that talent has to really understand what an end-to-end supply chain is, because there's so many different components. You know, talent can start out in procurement, but really, to be supply chain professionals, they say, well, I want more than just sourcing and procurement. I want operations or I want the logistics side. So ultimately, they have to understand the end to end, the actions that they create, let's say, in procurement 
uh, have downstream effects in other areas. The other area that we hear more and more from industry is we want supply chain talent that knows how a company makes a profit. So it's always been in logistics, you know, it's reducing costs, but now it's all about how can we create more uh, customer value that can, is gonna create more revenue and at the same time reduce or maintain our cost structure so that we increase margin. So it's incremental, but if we take a look at the, the needs, it's that end-to-end -end perspective and the understanding of how a company makes a profit. Great, Professor Lee, what about you? Definitely, um, I, I think our profession has a bright future, a great opportunity. Uh, all behind us is uh, driven by very fast continuing growth of new technology and the growing availability of data. So here I, I do echo with Professor Sutherland's point earlier about the importance of uh, leveraging and connecting the domain of supply chain with data analytics. Many companies nowadays are uh, talking about digital transformation, for example. And a lot of this uh, has to do with, you know, uh, let's say we have all these data available. Sometimes maybe too much. How can we use it? How can we transform it to provide uh, insightful and um, effective and efficient decision support? So here I also want to share with you a recent uh, uh, term coined by Gardner Research, the so-called uh, citizen data scientist. They came up with this term to describe the type of uh, graduates who has training in both the supply chain domain, uh, very broad, uh, as well as the training in the uh, analytics side who can bridge the gap between a pure data scientist and a uh, supply chain professional. This is exactly the philosophy behind uh, in our new Master of Science in Supply Chain Analytics program at AMSO. Got it. Professor Grau, what's your take on this? So one of the, from a student perspective, one of the benefits of being a supply chain major and, and looking at a supply chain degree is that, and you'll find this at just about every supply chain program out there, is all throughout the, the curriculum, you are trained to think about all the other stakeholders. Um, you know, we're tying things to the customers, but then we're taking a look backwards through the supply chain to figure out, okay, how do we meet the customer's needs? And so by thinking about and always considering all these other stakeholders in that next step in the supply chain and the prior step in the supply chain, you have the opportunity to really come up with new and innovative ways to solve problems. Professor Sutherland mentioned it, you know, this process innovation, these small incremental steps, one of the things that we make sure that our students recognize is that, you know, sometimes these can, can be some of the greatest innovations because they fly under the radar. New product innovations usually come with a lot of fanfare and marketing uh, tied with them. But as you make significant improvements or even subtle improvements, those can create a significant competitive advantage that's completely blind to the, the market. Uh, so, you, so you buy some time in terms of your, uh, your competitive advantage. From a firm standpoint, I think one of the nice things that a lot of supply chain programs offer now is these, you know, like our supply chain forum or other centers of excellence. It really does allow key leaders uh, within these organizations to gain insights from other companies. One of the nice things about being a professor in a supply chain program is I get a chance to spend a lot of time with a lot of companies from a lot of different industries and I learn a lot about how people do things and everybody's doing it differently. And we can take that and we can share that with our students and we can gather these organizations together and really learn from one another as well. And I think that continued engagement, you asked the question earlier about um, you know, getting these firms involved in, in education. The firms that stay involved in education, stay plugged in uh, with, with some of these key universities, like you know, the three of us that are represented here, uh, you get a chance to, to stay on the leading edge of, of what's going on, not just within your firm or your industry, but also others just from those connections that you make at the university and from the students uh, that you're hiring that are learning from other organizations that have come to campus as well. Excellent. Professor Lee, you mentioned transformation. Given what's gone on, uh, culture, business culture has transformed beyond any 
expectations uh, just over the last couple of years. Uh, the Amazon effect, for example, uh, Internet of Things, e-commerce, the pandemic just in and of itself, uh, and things like Zoom has uh, have changed the outlook and actions of, of students and companies. Uh, how then has this whole new approach to education uh, addressed uh, these kinds of cultural shifts? Great question. Uh, let me let me start with uh, uh, the point uh, three of us all mentioned earlier about the driving factor of uh, supply chain. It's 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 the new technology, fast growth of new technology. So, so some of these uh, observations you mentioned, uh, Jeff, is. Uh, is is exactly examples of new technology. For example, Internet of Things, e-commerce. Uh, some of them are the growing expectations of customer and and the competitiveness of, of the market, like the expectations through next day delivery. You know, quicker and cheaper. So one thing we've done here at AMSO is uh, to make sure our curriculum and course offering are up to date. So this is achieved by, again, working with our, our advisory board. We do a frequent survey and we have a, a subcommittee uh, on curriculum, which consists of both board members and faculty uh, to review curriculum and the opportunities of new uh, uh, course offering. So one, one uh, new course we recently uh, offered is a software class where we uh, created this, this class to give students hands-on experience on working on real-world uh, project using real-world data, state-of-the-art um, uh, software to facilitate uh, the teaching and understanding of supply chain concepts. Now, another, another trend I, I do want to mention uh, is, is the need, the growing need of the flexible um, uh, modality of course offering. So uh, I guess the COVID-19 we all went through last year really sped up this process. There are going to be um, more and continuing needs for a variety of uh, offering um, modality, yeah. adding to the traditional in-class formats. We're now uh, having more online, and some of these classes are hybrid. Um, so so these going to all uh, uh, be the be the trend to meet the changing uh, market demand. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Professor Sutherland, what's you, what are your observations on this? Well, I think people are getting burned out with the Zoom effect, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, because I, I think that like a lot of people were on Zoom multiple times every day. That said, what I do think will happen is it's going to be, like Professor Lee said, it's going to be more of a hybrid environment in the future because we've learned how to use Zoom. And so even the conferences, when, when we have local conferences, we draw people maybe from the West Coast and a few from the East Coast. But our last virtual conference that we had, our fall forum, we drew from, I think it was 30 different countries around the world. So when we think about the outreach and these hungry companies and individuals around the world that say, we want to find out what best practices are, not just in Nigeria or someplace, but what are they doing around the world? So they're able to join virtually. And that I think will transcend to uh, even our, uh, how we deliver um, course uh, content in the future. But one thing that when we think about this technology, that's always been a struggle, I think for any of us that are in this, this profession, whether teaching it or, or as practitioners is when I, got my degree in logistics. It was called integrated logistics. That means we're going to break down all these silos between, between um, upstream sourcing and manufacturing operations to distribution to reverse logistics. And today we still have all these silos. So now it's integrated supply chain management. But for the first time, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel that says we've got all this new technology that's going to transform how we can visualize how we can manage, how we can collect data, how we can make it instant, how we can make it more reliable, and how we can start sharing this information so we can break down those silos. So that's what I see on the horizon in terms of a really breakthrough transformational capability with these new technologies. 
Professor Graw, how about you? Great points already raised. Uh, I'll just kind of pick up uh, where Professor Sullivan uh, left off. And one of the things that one of our advisory uh, companies mentioned uh, about halfway, well, I never know if we're halfway through the pandemic, but about six months ago, uh, we'll say about half six months into the pandemic is that they're starting to look at your ability to manage and run and participate in Zoom, WebEx, Microsoft Teams meetings as a measurable skill. Uh, so your ability to run a Microsoft Teams meeting or a WebEx meeting is something that they're gonna be evaluating you on. And it opens the doors to having regular communication with your supply chain partners across the globe. So because we're so much more familiar with using you know, some of this technology, sending that email and waiting overnight for a response from your supplier overseas isn't going to be sufficient anymore. You've got, we've got, we've all, we all know how to use the technology now. So get on a video call and, and have that conversation. So I really do think the, the skill and the communication skills associated with being able to speak and present yourself well uh, and have a, have a really difficult conversation with a supply chain partner, uh, which you know, those of us who've managed supply chains, those are not fun conversations to have. And it's really easy to throw that into an email and just kind of you know, let it simmer and, and wait till the next day and, and, and see what pops up in your inbox. No, you're gonna have to have those conversations again. And you may actually have to see that person uh, in your screen, um, if not face-to-face. -face. So uh, I think one of the things that we're gonna see is, is a resurgence of, of those skills. Um, but you know, the comment was made about the curricular changes. Yes, we have to continue. We are continuing to evolve our curriculum to make sure that we're including the analytics. The supply chain curriculum now without some sort of analytics component um, isn't up to where it needs to be. A supply chain curriculum now uh, that doesn't somehow um, you know, talk about the Amazon effect, the internet of things, uh, e-commerce uh, is not up to speed. And if you're not using examples from the pandemic about how uh, your supply chain uh, can react to sudden changes in demand and demand shifts, uh, then your curriculum is not up to speed. So we have to make sure that our curriculum is, is current uh, not necessarily revamping all of the curriculum, but the context in which we teach each of the, the, the basic fundamentals that don't change from year to year, uh, the context has to include what's going on today because that's going to resonate more effectively with uh, business leaders and with students today. So uh, you're going to continue to see that. And we do it often through experiential learning. Professor Lee talked about uh, experiential learning. And, and that's a critical part of our education because one of the things that it does, and you talked about culture, is when you're, you've got an experiential learning project, um, you're really gonna hear from that host firm or that sponsoring firm about what's most important to them, what are the key metrics that they're looking for, and that speaks volumes to the students. So uh, yeah, that culture uh, and being able to hear it directly from the companies definitely needs to be part of, of supply chain curriculum now. And I think most schools are doing a, a really good job of, of pulling that into what they're currently teaching. All right, Professor Graham, I'm gonna stay with you for this question then. Uh, and, and let's shift the perspective a little bit from the companies and the teachers and, and go to the students uh, and current professionals. What advice would you give students who are seeking to enter the workforce and to current professionals who are looking to expand uh, their business careers and professional horizons, uh, what advice would you give them in pursuing uh, more of this type of education? It's a fantastic question. Uh, and, and I'll keep my response actually fairly short. So it's networking and network. I mean, get a chance to know who your professors are uh, from a student perspective uh, have conversations with your professors. You'd be amazed at the connections that your professors have. Uh, they don't just sit in their office and, and hide behind a screen and do research all the time. Uh, you know, we do talk to companies and we do learn a lot through the research that we're doing. So you can learn a lot about uh, supply chains and what it is that you want to do just by developing those relationships. And especially today, uh, one of the things that, that drives me absolutely nuts is 
you hear people say, well, when this pandemic is over, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to reach out and do this. No, that the pandemic is not an excuse for waiting or delaying. You have plenty of tools available to you right now, whether you are a student today or whether you're a professional just looking to branch out, grow your network, um, or, or you know, you're looking for that career change. Now is as good a time as any time. And if you can effectively use the tools uh, that are at your disposal to network. Uh, Professor Sutherland mentioned uh, the conferences and the, the reach that some of these conferences have now. Um, there's no reason to not uh, find a way to participate in conferences that you might otherwise never have been able to participate in uh, because of the travel expense. We'll jump onto those things now and find a way to network, uh, make some connections. So um, supply chains, run because of relationships. Relationships between organizations are nothing more than relationships between people with different titles and different business cards. Uh, you have to be able to manage those relationships and there's no reason to ever wait uh, to start practicing uh, building relationships. Professor Sutherland, he threw it to you, so I'll have you take it uh, here, sir. Well, I'll reinforce what Professor Gross said and that is it starts with networking. I can't tell you how important networking has been throughout my career. Uh, and I can also talk about individuals that wanted to have supply chain careers that didn't network and found themselves out of a job and didn't have the ability to find that next opportunity. So I remember my professor uh, at the University of Southern California said, you should join this new organization or professional association called the National Council of Physical Distribution Management, NCPDM. Well, that became the Council of Logistics Management, and I became the board chair of that. And then it became the, the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals. So because of that, my I've always had a network. I've, in those times when I helped somebody, I knew that when I was looking for that next opportunity, I could rely on them. Because most people, especially in our industry, in our field of supply chain management, will probably go through six or eight job changes during their career. And a lot of times that's a step up. You know, you don't get that opportunity with you in your own company. So maybe you, you change or there's a reorganization, uh, there's a merger. So that causes changes. So networking is, is important and being involved in professional associations, whether it's CSCMP or the Institute of Supply Management or Association of Supply Chain Management, which used to be um, Apex. But get involved in those, not only as a student, but also throughout your professional career and continue to learn. And the last thing I'm going to say here is this is a, a point that I wanted to make earlier and taking off from Professor Lee's comment about a career path. So if you want as a, as a supply chain professional to advance your career, you have to challenge your boss because many times they're not gonna give you that career path. They may put you on a slot and maybe it's procurement or maybe it's in you know, running a warehouse, but if you really wanna be a supply chain professional, you have to have experience in all the various components uh, or disciplines within supply chain. So it's up to the company to provide a clear career path if they want to retain you over time, but it's up to you to be in control of your career as well. So challenge your boss. So give me more responsibility. Give me era, responsibilities in different areas. Excellent. Taking the initiative is always a good idea, right? Uh, Professor Lee, what about your observations, sir? Great advice, Professor Grohl and Professor Sutherland. I just want to add uh, uh, my perspective on this. Um, uh, know, first of all, know your interest. This is often uh, the piece that will take you to go far away. Uh, secondly, know your strengths and expertise, um, because supply chain management is such a broad umbrella that we have, you know, uh, functional areas starting with uh, procurement, uh, supply management to operations, logistics and transportation and delivery and planning. So knowing your expertise and strengths often uh, can make you do well. Do, do things well. For example, uh, is your strength uh, in qualitative kind of reasoning or thinking or versus quantitative or, or analytical type of job? So uh, that's 
that's my uh, one advice on top of networking. <laughs> All fantastic advice. Uh, Professor Lee, where can the audience then and prospective students go to find out more about your programs? Sure. Yeah, the best way to find information of our uh, uh, broad range of supply chain program, ranging from BSBA with supply chain management emphasis uh, up to MBA program with supply chain and business analytics emphasis and the MS program in supply chain analytics and the PhD program is our website. AMSO Supply Chain and, and Analytics. So if you type in that, uh, you will get some initial information. Uh, but if you need uh, further uh, information, feel free to contact our graduate program office uh, of College of Business Administration. And certainly myself, anytime, if you have uh, questions about our program, uh, I, I'll be, would be pleased to uh, chat with you. Excellent. Professor Graw, how about you? How can they uh, get more information? Uh, so the best way to find us is to go to our uh, college business website. So we are the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University. That's I-V-Y. So you can reach us at ivybusiness.iastate.edu. Uh, and there you'll be able to find information about our undergraduate supply chain major, our graduate certificate, and our PhD program. Perfect. And Professor Sutherland? So I think the best place is kind of a clearinghouse is the Supply Chain Management Institute at the University of San Diego. Um, we can direct them to whatever uh, other area they, they need, whether it's undergraduate or graduate or uh, our MS program that is for working professionals that want a hybrid course online, but also be very careful when they're looking because we have a problem in San Diego. And that is that we've got three universities in San Diego that all have San Diego. So, so it's not the UC San Diego, which is the University of California, San Diego. It's not San Diego State University. It is University of San Diego, which is a private Catholic-based university with one of the most beautiful campuses in the country. <laughs> Excellent. And just to make sure, as I said, those links will be in the show notes, so there's no confusion at all. <laughs> but okay. gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk. Fascinating conversation. Uh, I think we could have talked for another few hours, so we'll definitely have to do this again and get some more insights on supply chain education. But until then, please stay safe and uh, best of luck with everything that's going on. And uh, I hope to talk to you all again very soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great. Thank you. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.